say one more time. Uh, appreciate being back at the house of the Lord tonight. And uh, I'm glad for what God's already done for us in these meetings. But I do not believe that He's finished. And uh, I'm glad for this burden that I feel on my heart. Uh, I know that we're going to need the Lord in this place tonight. My home church uh, up in Kentucky, Big Meta, there in Revival this week, had one saved last night. And I sure am glad to hear that news. And my heart goes to them, but now listen, I'd like to see that in this place tonight. And I sure would like to be around God and see His power fall just one more time. Be in His Spirit, be in His presence. And I'd like to see the miracle of the new birth just one more time. If you've uh, got two places I need to read tonight, and you pray for us, I'm pretty heavy. But I'll read in the book of Mark, the 11th chapter. Also be in Zechariah after this. Mark, the 11th chapter. Start at the first verse. It says, And when they came nigh to Jerusalem, unto Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples, and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as ye be gathered into it, you shall find a coat tied, whereon never a man sat. Loose him, and let him and, and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door, without in a place where two ways met. And they loosed him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye loosen the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded. And they let him go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees, and strawed them in the way. And and they that went before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Zechariah chapter 9. Starting at the ninth verse, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon the colt the foal of an ass. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off. And he shall speak peace unto the heathen. And his dominion shall be from sea even to sea. And from the river even to the ends of the earth. It's all that's on my heart tonight. Got to thinking about uh, what we need for this service. I've had these scriptures on my hearts for several days, but just never felt like it was time to go until today. 
And I didn't really know what I was supposed to preach out of this other than just that it was on my heart. But I was at home today and God began to speak to me and began to stir and said, you need to preach that you can be set free. I want to say to you tonight that there's lots of things that binds men. There's lots of things that might be binding you in this place, whether it be your background, whether it be some sin that you've committed, whether it be something that you're addicted to, whether it be something that you've done in your life. There's lots of things that can bind people. But I'm glad that there's nothing that's too hard and nothing that's too great that cannot be loosed by my Savior and cannot be held. Listen, I'm glad that you still tonight can be made free and set free from every sin and every weight and everything that you've ever done. There is a way that you can find that peace. And there's a way tonight that you can find that joy and the in the Almighty God and in His darling Son and that blood that the brother preached about last night. Now listen, to me this Scripture is kind of a strange Scripture. Listen, it was prophesied of in the Old Testament that Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords would not come in as some great ruler but that He'd come in as a lowly man riding into Jerusalem making His powerful entry into the last few days of His life riding into, the, into Jerusalem there on that little donkey and there on that little mule. Listen, it's a strange thing when you read the Bible out of every good work that He did and every good thing that He did it's a strange thing to me tonight that He would take just a minute to talk about this little cult. But you know, I told you the other night that there's not a word that's wasted in that book. There's not a thing that's wasted in that book tonight. And I believe that everything has heavenly meaning. And I believe that this has some heavenly meaning tonight if you will take it. Listen, Jesus had just got done healing blind Bartimaeus. He was passing by on the road and blind Bartimaeus began to cry out to him and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Listen, I believe that he cried louder. And the Lord gave him his sight and healed him and saved him that night. But listen, he comes down to this place that it's time for him to make his final ride. And it's time for him to make his entry into Jerusalem. And now this little colt, I got to thinking about this little colt. And you pray for us tonight. I'll get, I'll get to my thoughts here in a minute. I'm just trying to see what the Lord wants from us. But you know it says that he had two disciples over there that he wanted them to go be the ones that loosed that cult. Did you notice that it did not say who it was and it did not say who they were that went. He just had two men that was willing. And listen, I'm glad that it's still that way today. There's lots of people that tries to make a name for themselves. They only want to do something in the house of God. If they can be seen, only want to sing if there's a big crowd. Only want to testify. But did you know that your name does not matter and that my name does not matter? It don't matter that Brother Ethan's preaching tonight. When I die in a hundred years, most people will forget my name. But I'm glad that he still has some servants that just want to go serving with an honest heart. 
And when he says go, you just go. That's all there is to it. You know, if you're awaiting tonight, there's lots of folks. Listen, they only want to do something if they can be recognized. Preachers only want to preach if somebody comes and pats them on the back and says that was a good sermon. Listen, if you're in this place tonight and you're a preacher and you're waiting on those things, I will tell you that the majority of the time they will not come. They won't come. If the only reason you want to teach Sunday school is for somebody to say that was a good lesson. You might be hanging on for a little while, but I'm telling you that there's still work that needs to be done. Regardless of the accolades and regardless of the praise, he sent two unnamed disciples to loose this little colt. It was a colt that was special that the Lord was going to ride on. And I believe tonight that God has a work for us in this place. And I believe He's got a work still for His church. Now listen, I, most of the people, I got to thinking about this today and I got to thinking about this Scripture. And you know, most people today don't really understand what the purpose of the church is. And listen, you might ask different people and they might ask you different things. I'm sure that I could ask you tonight in this building what's the purpose of the church and the vast majority of you would say it's the purpose of it is to preach the Gospel. And while I agree with that and while at its core that is true, but the church has more work to do than just that. Listen, if that was the only work of the church, you wouldn't have nothing to do in a service. You wouldn't have a thing to do if that was the only thing that God intended for His church to do. It'd all be left on the preachers. But I believe that there's more to it. You know the work of the church is so much more than just preaching the gospel. I believe with all of my heart that the work of the church is to live the gospel and to be a living embodiment in this world of Jesus and of His ways and of His love. Listen, I'm telling you tonight that my Bible says very plainly that faith without works is dead. Listen, you can say you have faith in God tonight and you can say that you love Him. You can say I want to work for Him. But if you never your faith is dead. And I want to say to you tonight that it falls to just more than the preachers to preach a meeting. It falls to more than just the evangelist to bring a revival. It takes a pull. It takes a love from everybody that's in this place. Gathered together in one mind and one accord. He didn't just send one disciple. He could have done it. But he sent two. And you know where two touch and agree? I believe that the presence of the Lord is. It's a wonderful thing to come together and to work and to labor as a church. Now you might say, well, if that's the purpose of the church is to live the gospel, I want to ask you tonight, if you are supposed to live the gospel, how can you live it if you've not read that book? How can you be what God wants you to be if you never pick that book up? There's heavenly things that you can find only in the pages of God. You rely on your preachers too much. You rely on your Sunday school teachers too much. God can still talk to you. It's not just the preachers that He talks to. It's laymen. And God's got a purpose for every one of us in this church. Now some nights your purpose might be to do nothing but just sit back and say amen. 
That's something that's even dying out in our churches nowadays. <laughs> Just a good amen to the to the gospel that's being preached in spirit and in power. That might be the only thing that God has for you tonight. But I want to say to you tonight, don't be stubborn if He's got something for you to do. And you truly, genuinely love your Master. When He says, go and loose the colt, go after the donkey, and go after the mule, would you step out on faith and just be willing to go? Well, you said it's not that important. What I've got to say is not that important. Yes, it is. You see, God could have called for that little colt to come. He could have just said, little colt, come here. But He chose to use His men, and He chose to use His people to go and be the ones that loose that colt. He has work for you you might say, listen, it's down to the end of revival. We don't know that. This could be the start of revival. This could be the night that the way we've been waiting on to see the powerful. And I want to say to you tonight, there's lots of things as us, as God's children, we let things hinder us. Well, we'll say if somebody in the church service would have done this, we could have had power. And yes, that I agree. I agree that if somebody quenches the Spirit of God, that God can leave us and that He can leave out of our services. But I want to say just because your brother quenched the Spirit of God, and just because they turned it off don't mean that he's not got blessings for you. I'm telling you we look and we say only if somebody do something. Listen, God wants somebody with a willing heart when he says to go, to be the one to go. Now listen, I, I know this is a little silly thought. I had this today. But you know I've got two saints in my bathroom. And you know just because my life turns off the water at her sink does not mean that I still don't have water in mine. And all I've got to do any time that I want it is just go turn it on. Listen, I believe with all of my heart that God's still got blessings in store for this place. He still wants to move. And His power still wants to fall. Just because your brother or sister is turning it off don't mean that you can't get in. There does come a time that we have to move past those things. We have to move past the valley and head for higher ground. Listen, over in the Old Testament, they came to a point. They've been in the wilderness for 40 years. Over in the book of Deuteronomy, I believe it's the second chapter. They've been in the wilderness for 40 years. And it said that they came to a mountain that just did not look like they were going to be able to cross it. It said they stayed at the base of that mountain many days, Mount Seir. It said they can pass that mountain many days. In other words, they kept walking around its base, walking around its base, saying how are we going to go on and how are we going to get across. But there did finally come a day where they walked as long as they could and God still chose to deliver. He said, Moses unto them and said, you can pass this mountain long enough. He said, rise and head northward. Listen, I believe that we can pass that mountain long enough. You can say somebody should have done something. They should have done something. But there's still higher ground for the church to reach. And there's still spirit and still power that you can get a hold of. There is a work that needs to be done. Regardless if your brothers and sisters fail, there's a work that needs to be done. There was a whole group of people that died out in the wilderness because of unbelief. They died in the wilderness because of unbelief, but yet their children and their grandchildren was able to go in and have Oh, listen, you say, well, what is the word? Listen, David, I believe over there, he got to that point. 
he was over there and said he'd come over there to the battle and that old Philistine giant over there and he looked at his brothers and sisters just sitting around. He looked at his brothers over there on the battlefield just sitting, just hiding in their trenches, hiding behind somebody else, saying it needs to be somebody else that does it. needs to be somebody else to go to the war. Listen, I know that there's giants in this place, and I know that there's hindered spirits, but I'll ask you what David said. He said, is there not a cause? He said, is there not a cause that we might go and slay this Philistine giant? Is there's still not a cause in 2021 for his church to take hold of the promises that he has promised us. Take hold of the power of God. Begin to pray. Begin to serve. Have a pure heart. And have love and us still today to tell sinners that they can be free. Is there not a cause? Oh, we sit back so long. We've come past too many mountains long enough. I mean, listen, we've compassed these little things, little issues in this part of the world long enough. Listen, I'm telling you, God's got more for His church than just to sit around and do nothing. But listen, faith without works is dead. You know you can come to the church your entire life. And I'll get to my thoughts here in a minute, but this is important. I've got to preach to the church a little, and I've got to preach to those that's lost a little. You know that you can come to the church your entire life. You can sit there your entire life. And you are living entirely below your mate. Entirely below your mate. You can only get blessings sometimes. And God says, go loose a little hope. And you stand in your faith and say, I'll do it. It's the only time sometimes that you can get blessings. Now this work is heavy sometimes. That book's the heaviest book I've ever picked up in my life. I never wanted to pick that book up, but God said I had to and I had to. <laughs> Heaviest book I've ever picked up in my life. <laughs> Listen, there is a load that must be carried. <laughs> and a load by God's children that they must bear. <laughs> I got to thinking about the children of Israel over here. <laughs> Boy, they come to a hard day <laughs> where Moses had died. <laughs> it says that they wept and mourned for well over a month. <laughs> but they did come to a day <laughs> that they had to pick up and get past <laughs> the things that had just happened. <laughs> and they elected, uh, God elected a new leader, Joshua. He was a young man. He was somebody that was not proven like Moses was. And God still needed to show the people that the same water carter that lived in Moses' day when they stood by the Red Sea could still stand with him today. It said they come to the Jordan one of the last obstacles that was in front of it, it was one of the last things that was hindering them from stepping in and getting the blessing. It was one of the last things that was hindering them from going on across Canaan and going on across. They had Jordan and then they had the strong city of Jericho and that was all that stood in front of them. But listen, they come to the edge of that river and it said it was harvest time and the river had swelled and it overflowed its banks, but they still needed to get across. Boy, you can stand and you can look at the mountain. You can stand and look at the work and say, just can't do it. Just can't go across. But listen, there was millions of people that was waiting on those priests to do their job. There was millions that was waiting on Joshua to say the word. You might stand at the edge of the river and say, what's the use? You might look at the devil and say, he's too strong. But there's people that's depending on you tonight. There's people in this house that's depending on you to get a hold of the Spirit and the power of God. There's people tonight that still needs to be saved. 
do. But God can still part it. Listen, the same God that helped me in those days can help me in you in these days. I'm glad that He's still rich. And He ain't lost a bit of power. Oh, you know it says that they came down there and I got to thinking about what they had to do to get the river to part. What they had to do to stand on dry ground. He told the priest. Told the priest. He said, you take the ark of the You bear that up on your shoulders. And he said, when you take that first step, he said, the water part. He said, you step out in what God has told you to do. He said, you get in the middle of the river and you stand firm and you do not move. And I remember thinking about that. Boy, the weight of having church. I don't know how heavy that Ark of the Covenant is. And I sure don't know how long it took for that many million Jews to cross the river. But I don't think it happened in just a minute or two. I don't think it happened in just an hour or two. I believe they had to stand firm and stand their ground. And you might say, well, what was the purpose? Can't you see them out there in that river, Brother Benji? And watching our brothers and sisters walk by and say, There goes that little girl that I seen dancing around her camp the other night playing with her sister. There goes that little boy that their daddies are praying for them. Can't you see the ones that was crossing in front of their face as they held the weight? And listen, I know that it's heavy. And I know sometimes it's hard to trust God. But think about your children. And think about the ones that's in this place. The weight is okay. You can hang on. Stand firm. Listen, it's okay to hold on to those things, but somebody still needs to make it across to drive around on the other side. It took hours and hours and hours and hours, but yet they still stood firm until every single one that needed to get across got across. That was the only time that they could lay the ark back and lay the burden back. And even the priests had to cross over on dry ground and get on out that other side. That's the only time they could lay it down. You say, oh, well, it's Saturday night. So what? Can you lay the weight down? So what that it's Saturday night? Can you just quit the work when we've got children that still need to make it across? When we've got visitors here that still need to make it across? I'm telling you, there's still a weight to pull and still power that needs to be had. And listen, it don't matter who does it. I'm not picky. It don't got to be these preachers. He said to my main disciples, it could be you tonight that God gives to say the little thing or to do the little thing that begins to lose the those around here that's bound. Listen, the Spirit of God is that real. Disagree with me all you want to. But I've been praying about these things. And God still wants us to go on just a little further and take hold of the work because there's still some people in this place that's bound. I'm trying to encourage you tonight, friends, just to keep standing firm. Stand firm on the promises that God has given you. Because there was a cult that was waiting to be loosed. Yeah. Now, I have to think about that cult. I mean, he could have just said they went and got the cult and that end. But he described very vividly that little cult. <coughs> and what that cult, the condition that they found that cult in. Now, I want to say to you, first of all, that that cult was one that had never been sat on. He was wild by nature, but didn't you? Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't know if you've ever dealt with horses or mules or colts or anything, but until they've been broke, they'll kick your teeth in. Until they've been broke, they'll kick and they'll buck and they'll snort and they'll knock and they'll try to do 
everything that they came to resist. It was one that had never been written, but that was still who Jesus wanted to be the one to ride. He didn't get the best of that day. He got the one that had never been written. He got the one with the wild nature, because that's who he wanted. He said, this one's the one that I want to call into my service, and this one's the one I'm going to lay my garments on. I'm telling you tonight that it is a hard thing as a sinner to go against your nature. Listen, our nature is wicked, and our sins are filthy. Listen, you can believe what you want to tonight, but I know what I did. I know what I did. And I deserve everything inside me to go through that and say, and I don't know some of you, and I don't know your life, but brothers and sisters, we still there's not a one of us. Job talks about that. That they still, he said, there's not a one of us. Not a one of us. Oh, and friends, tonight, it's hard to change your nature. And it's not a pleasant thing when God begins to draw at you. You know God will send these messengers. I believe that it's two text preaching. He'll send somebody to you and He'll begin to call in your heart with the Spirit of God and say, tonight it's you that needs to be loosed. Tonight it's you that can be unbound. And tonight it's you that can be made free. You know that Pope didn't have no hands and he didn't have no way to untie himself. Listen, it's an amazing thing what's in that book because of where they found that Pope. They found that Pope outside of the door without on the outside and it said it was where two ways man. And that's where he was bound. And that's where he was waiting until the master called. And you know there's lots of robes that men can take out of hate. There is a way that seems right in the mind. But the end thereof leads to death. Oh, there's lots of robes and lots of ways that you can build your life on. I ain't going to re-preach what I preached the other night. But did you know outside of the doors of the house of God, every single time that we meet in this place, two roads converge. It happens every time that we come to the house of God. It's the devil and it's God. It's the devil's ways and it's God's ways. And there's still people in this house that's waiting on the outside of the door, waiting at that crossroads until they get the summons that they can be made free. I don't know what you've done in your life and it does not matter. You know the Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons. He don't care if you're black or white. He don't care if you're rich or poor. He don't care if you're good or bad. He don't care what sins you've committed in your life. He don't respect those things. He looks upon the heart. Oh, listen to me tonight. You say, oh, well, I've been around religious folks that do care. And listen, religious folks sometimes do care a little too much. We forget that it was us that was tied just a few years ago. We forget that it was us that was tied and bound where two ways met and could not loose ourselves. We forget that it was us that God had mercy to let us sit under preaching and to have some brothers and sisters that care enough to pray and to come and say, you can be free. We forget I know men may judge you. I'm just preaching hard tonight. I know men may judge you. And let's let them judge on. But there's not a sin, not a one that's too dirty that cannot be forgiven. Adultery, fornication, shacking up, drugs, alcohol, abortions, rape, murder. 
There's not a one that's too guilty that can be taken by the blood. Right. You know what's the best thing about the blood tonight is that it's never lost its power. You think about every sin that's ever come in contact with it. And it just vanishes away. You know the Bible says that when you get saved, that God removes your sins from you as far as the east is from the west. He takes them things away from you. Listen, you're an old creature, and the old man passes away. You become saved, and all the things become new. You're a new creature at that point. Everything that you've done is put under the blood. Everything that you've carried, every weight, every bit of baggage that you've had is put under the blood and God will no longer condemn you when you repent. That's the good thing about God is the blood is never lost. Every, think of every filthy thing that's ever come into contact with that blood and yet he just keeps on forgetting and yet it still has power and yet it still can quench and yet it still can save. Listen, I'm glad that the blood's got that much power. Ethan Shrum tonight does not have that kind of power. There's sometimes I don't even have the capacity to love. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, and that includes you, that's in this place bound tonight, whosoever should believe on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's the truth tonight. And you know, I got to thinking about that. He was on the door without. Oh, you know, friends, you can live your life on the outside or you can come on in here where the blessing is. You can live your life on the outside. I can read to you over in the 25th chapter of the book of Matthew about five that made it in and five that had to stay on the outside. All ten of them had plants and all ten of those rats needed oil. But there was five virgins that was wise and there was five virgins that was foolish. Listen, those five that were wise, they got some oil for their lamps and while they were waiting for the master to come and for the bridegroom to come, they waited and they waited and they had that oil in their lamps. You know there was five that didn't have no oil. And when the call came, and they when the summons was made, they began to cry. They said, Give us some of your oil. They said, Not so, we only have enough for us. You know the night that I got saved, I only got enough for me. That's the good thing about this common salvation that the book of Jude talks about. That's the good thing about that common salvation is that every man needs it. You know every man has a soul and every man has an eternal destination. Every man has a vessel that all can be put into, that all can be placed in. But you know there's people that die tonight without that hole of the Spirit. There's people tonight that dies that does not have true old time heartfelt salvation. They die and they they go to the neighbor's table. Then there's people that's wise. And makes that choice to come to the Lord. Makes that choice to move when He says you can be free. And it's you in this place tonight that He's calling. You see, God speaks to the heart. I won't have to call your name tonight because you know that it's you that God's calling. Because you feel it right there. That little cult knew when them disciples came. And listen, it's an amazing thing to me. He'd never been broke. He didn't even buck against the disciples. <laughs> they said, come, and they just came up. <laughs> I'm telling you tonight, you know, I kept thinking about being on the outside. Those are finished at virgins. <laughs> Whoa, the call came, and the five went with him, and the went away. And it said the other five, they went. And it said they tried to buy some oil, but it was a little too late. And it said that those five virgins went into the marriage supper. And it said the door was shut. The other five came just a little bit later. And they began to knock on the door and say, let us in, let us in. 
but they could not be let in. The only people that makes it to heaven tonight is those that's made peace with God. Those that have that experience with Him and those that needs to get things right. You can stand on the outside. You cannot. But when the call comes and the door of mercy is shut, there is no hope for you. I don't want you to be on the outside like that little call. I don't want you to stay in a place where two ways meet. How long haunts you between two opinions? You know God, the Bible tells us very plainly that, that man cannot serve a man and God. It says they can't have two masters. You can't serve man and God. You can't serve the devil and God. It does not work. Listen, if you are not of God, you are of the devil. He told the Pharisees that one time. And listen, I'm telling you tonight, you can continue to serve your master. You can continue in your sin. You can continue with that weight on your heart. But God wants to free you from everything that you've done. He wants you to have peace and He wants you to have forgiveness tonight. Stand there. How long have you just going to repeat? Oh, it's such a wise thing tonight to seek the Lord. I read over here about a harlot. I told you tonight that it don't matter what you've done in your life. A harlot. A lady. And I'm just I'm just being just as plain as I know how to be tonight. A lady who did activities with men for money. A harlot. Sold her body. Oh, you say, Brother Ethan, don't say those things. You know, as the children of Israel, when they got across the Jordan over there and they came to Jericho, <laughs> listen, the men and the women's parts in Jericho began to melt because of the fear of the Lord and because of these people that were sitting over here. I told you here it don't matter what, God, what you've done. It don't matter what you've done. <laughs> because they, can't, they sent spies into that land to spy out before they went to battle to overtake the city. Sent spies into that land. The men of the city got word that the spies were there and they began to search them out. And there was a harlot. Rahab was her name. That hid those men and hid them in her house. And you can say, why did she do that? She didn't know those men. She didn't know those men nothing. Because Brother Benji, she could see that destruction was coming to her city. And she could see that it was coming to her house. And she knew that the only way to escape the destruction that was to befall Jericho was to get in with the people of God. Was to get in that way if she was going to make it out. You say, why did she hide those men? She wanted to escape the trouble and the destruction that would fall. It's inevitable tonight. If you die and take your last breath, and you fail to make peace with God, you will not be in heaven. It's inevitable. There is no getting around it. It is a matter of life, and it's a matter of fact. You will be in heaven. Point proven. But if you can see that destruction somewhere out in your future, and you can see that somewhere out ahead of you, and that's your home, do what Rahab did. Do what Rahab did. Call to them. Call to God. Say, have mercy on me. She hid those men and she began to ask them. They said, what would you have us do? They said, what do you want for helping us? And she said, all I want is for me and my house to escape. When the day that the sword falls and the day that you burn the city, just make sure me and my house gets out of here alive and make sure that we strike it out of here safe. Listen, I'm telling you tonight, if you'll take notice and take in the glory of your heart, if you know that you're bound tonight by sin and you know that you fall under that weight. See that destruction that's coming. Listen, 
listen, she was a harlot. She wasn't a religious person. She hadn't done a lot of religious works. All she did was cry for mercy. And there was mercy to be given to her. God won't say what you've done. Never will. That's what his son's for. Oh, you say, well, she said, how am I going to know? How am I going to know when the destruction comes? I'm going to be out of your life. Oh, there was a red cord that she let those men off of the roof with her there. She said, how am I going to know? She said, make a covenant with me. Make a covenant with me. How am I going to know when I'm going to get out of here alive when that trouble comes? And they said, you see that red cord? They said, hang it out the window. And they said, your soul for ours. Your life for ours. They said, when the trouble comes, we will see that cord and we'll save you out of here alive. Listen, I want to tell you tonight that God wants to loose you. He wants to wash you in His blood. He wants to make you clean. He's made that covenant with man. But the only way that you escape is to come God's way and to come and repent and be saved. And that was the sign of the covenant was the red bread and the red cord. You can be made free tonight, but you know you'll have to leave your nature. You know you'll have to leave that old life behind you. Pick up your cross and follow Him. You know the very definition of repentance means to turn. To turn from the sins and the weights that so do heavily beset you right now. To turn away from those and to have a life of freedom. Turn away from those things and have peace. Turn away from those things and have joy. You know he sent those disciples and called that colt and that colt went. God is good at breaking colts. He's good at breaking mules. Listen, I know Baptist people, sometimes it's hard to be broke. But you know that that little mule and that little colt just went to him and just bowed down and just said, Ride me, take me, use me for your service. Listen, if you did be good for you tonight as the church, not to be more stubborn than a mule. I know some of you's got long ears. And I know some of you don't want to work. But I'm telling you tonight that God still needs to move in this place. Yes, sir. And boy, I'm tired of it being bound up. Yes, sir. Me too. We as a church can be made free. You know, if those two disciples over there wouldn't have went, that cult might not have ever come. Might not have. I mean, I told you Jesus got enough power, he could call for that time that showed up on his home, but God wanted to use his people. Right. He wanted to use his people. He said, go, untie it, bring it to me. And God broke it and wrote it and went into Jerusalem triumphantly with salvation all in one time. That quick. You know salvation happens just like that. That old cult that just a minute ago would have wanted to keep your feet in chains and submitted and let the Master ride. What an amazing, wonderful thing. You know, I told you the other night, listen, that there's nothing in that Bible that's wasted. There's pictures, there's spiritual things that you can see, there's doctrine, there's what? Listen, there's enough in there for you to study the rest of your life. And you'll never reach the bottom of the way. Why did he take just a minute to talk about that cult? Because there's, he knew 2,000 years later that there would be some sinners bound in the church of China. That he knew that they would need to be unbound. He knew that his church would need to move. He knew that he would have to send somebody to them. And he knew that when he called with his spirit, that somebody would come. I believe with all my heart tonight that there's somebody here that needs to pray. 
You may not have ever been in the house of God before. You may not have ever heard preaching like this before. You may be scared to death right now. It's all right. I ain't worried about those things. I believe it takes preaching. And I believe it takes a man of God and a message from God to wake you up sometimes. That it's you that needs to be invited. Now I know there's lots of things that will drag you down. I've said I heard the brother say it so many times, I heard other brothers say it, but it's level ground at Calvary. It's level ground at Calvary. There's no hills to climb, you just come. You bow, it don't matter what you've done, don't matter how sick you are, don't matter how filthy you are, it don't matter if you did some kind of grievous sin today before you came to the house of God. If you're bound, he wants to lose you. That's right. And if you're a living in sin, he wants to free you. Leave that nature. Don't be like this, don't be like some, don't buck against it. Be like this little cult that when God calls you come. You might say, Brother Ethan. You might say, I feel different tonight than I've ever felt. You may not have even been in the house of God before. I'm just I'm preaching my heart. You may not have ever been in the house of God before tonight. This may be your first time. But you feel something in your heart. Something you've never felt. Something that you never felt when you was a drinking. Something you never felt when you was a sinning. Something you never felt when you was a fornicator. I'm just going to be honest. This is what's on my heart. You say, Brother Ethan, don't say these things. Why not? You're all Something God wants to lose you. You're feeling something in your heart right now that you've never felt before and you say, I don't know what this is. That's the Spirit of God. We talk about conviction. You know God will convict us for our sins. Very plain and very simple. To turn from your sins, you've got to hate your sins. And I've met people in my life that spend their whole life searching for something. And they try to fill their hearts and they fill their lives with other things. Drugs, alcohol, women, relationships, pornography, everything in the world. They try to fill their lives with stuff. Because there's a longing on the inside that they can't never satisfy. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe it's you that's bound tonight. And you're feeling what I'm talking about right now. Your heart's are beating out of your chest. And you say, I don't understand this. That's God calling to you right now. And come get free. You know what you do about that? You don't have to sit there and just take that. You know what you do about that? Why are we saying you come? Yeah. Why are we saying you come? You bow down on this altar and you begin to pray to God. You tell Him that you're sorry. You mean it with all of your heart. And you ask Him with everything inside of you to save Him. Or to save you. If you ask Him with everything inside of you to save you, there will be a change that comes. You know that, sir. I want to tell you this just because if it happens to you tonight, I want you to know what it is. You know that trouble that's in there, that trouble, that beating, that, oh, that I feel so bad. You know when God gives you forgiveness, that rolls away like this. Just that quick. Bible says it's a peace that passes all understanding. It's something you've never experienced before. It's a peace on the inside that you've never felt before. And I'm telling you, when that old burden of sin rolls away and that happens, stand to your feet and tell us about it. If you're tired tonight, come get free. While we sing, come get free.